we got to talk about what's happening with Warzone 2. Are there any hopes you have in particular for Warzone 2? Yeah, so I actually have kind of an unpopular opinion that I see like everybody tweeting out about it and stuff like that. My unpopular opinion is that I hope they never add a ranked mode in this game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bot Lobby Podcast. I'm Goj. I've got Katie with me as per usual. We're excited to be here. And as per usual as well, we have another special guest and this one you're gonna know you're gonna love him joe himself the movement king he's got a ton of different names but one of the things that we're bringing him on for today is obviously to talk a little bit about him talk about his story and also talk about the tournament scene there was this brand new update that just came through warzone yesterday and we even delayed the podcast slightly to make sure we got a chance to talk about it so he's going to give us his insight and also a little bit of insight into his opinion on the tournament competitive scene so katie before we bring joe on any, yeah, yeah, yeah. any words for Joe? Any words for our audience before we bring him on to a little intro for Joe himself? Yeah, super, super excited about this. I have been able to cast Joe, I think, more times than I can count from Baca Bros, the Wonderland, to all the online tournaments and getting to cast his own tournaments. Uh, obviously, Battle of the Crown 1 and 2. So really, really excited to have him on today to talk with us. And also, since we haven't had an opportunity to uh, experience the new Warzone update, and he, I know, has been grinding it all yesterday, putting out content, I'm really excited to get kind of his opinions on what's been going on. Totally agree. Well, without further ado, let's bring him on. Joe, the man, the myth, the legend. Hello, hello. What is going on, guys? Brother. First and foremost, thank you guys. That was probably the best introduction I've gotten in a very long time. That like <laughs> I may just clip that and just play that every morning. Like while I'm brushing my teeth, just put that on. Like then I'm set. <laughs> I, well, like I like that. That's like the hype brush teeth. I'm down with it. Look, I'm we, telling you. This is the thing. We can sit here. You know, I've got the Warzone earnings. I could go through your whole list of all the accolades that you have, but I, I think it won't even do it justice because what we're excited to do is talk with you today about the current state of Warzone. I mean, you are on Love the that. ground. You're running around like crazy. You're running 10 plus hour streams. You're streaming every single day. You're competing every single day. So you have like the most insight as, you know, do most of these high level competitors and and katie and i really we want to just jump straight into the action with you and Absolutely. talk about the update because that's on the forefront of most everybody's minds you played it all day yesterday you're playing it this morning right before we hopped on the pod so let's start number one just give me your general impressions of the new update and what raven software is trying to do so first and foremost i honestly love it uh i think that definitely they are trying to make sure that the casual player is still happy, but also trying to add that skill gap that I think we have lacked for a very, very long time. And recently, I think that they have definitely been paying attention to Twitter and some feedback. And, and I, th I think that they're definitely doing a great job. And I'm very, very excited to see kind of with this feedback, what they do in the next game. But especially right now with, the, I think they made a ton of really, really good changes. Obviously here, there, there's some bugs and things like that. Cause obviously if they change it, guns or their perks or add anything in the game there's gonna obviously be bugs which which happens but i think so far so good i mean it's been a absolute blast so i gotta ask then uh i know that there was a, a stim nerf they said it was unintended that you would continue to regen health when you were getting shot after using a stim and then i saw your tweet an hour ago saying stims are back uh so can you explain what exactly was it like when that adjustment came in and is it a full revert or only a partial revert 
Yeah, so yesterday when the update first dropped, they actually nerfed stims like very, very hard. Where, as you know, if you stim, uh, you could literally just get like an instant speed boost, break somebody's camera, regen. They were like the best tactical, in my opinion. And now uh, I sent them a thing and I was like, hey, uh, was this supposed to be like this? Because I didn't see that in the patch notes. And yesterday I found out, don't want to leak my swords, but uh, I, I found out yesterday that actually they it wasn't supposed to be like that. Um, they actually fixed it today to then be a 40% movement decrease speed, um, where I definitely think it's fair because if you're on console um, or just not the best player if you're facing a, a, a good player that that stims and slides past you that is going to be very 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 hard to track like basically impossible and i think that definitely the stim nerf was needed not as much as yesterday because obviously then the stims were pointless to use but now that they have it back i think that it's uh definitely a lot better but not like awful Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. And and I wanted to kind of get through the big chunks of, of this information because the update was fairly massive. I mean, I, I think yeah. most people are saying it was one of the biggest updates that Warzone has seen aside from, of course, a brand new map, right? A lot changed in Caldera with our uh, underground railway system as yeah. well as a few new perks. One of those, of course, is Serpentine. And I think this will be a big point of conversation for the competitive scene as well right like whether yeah. it's used in 2v2s or not is fine but in customs in particular it's going to be a big point of contention what's your current thoughts on serpentine so i tried actually serpentine all day yesterday and i think i played for around 12 and a half hours and to be honest uh obviously one day you can't tell exactly but me personally i felt like serpentine wasn't as good as it sounded so it said that that, that you had i believe a 20 percent decrease in damage from your enemies if you're sprinting and i was using it and there was never a time that i feel like serpentine saved me and while i was shooting at people that i knew were running it i felt like there wasn't a time that i felt like they should have died so i actually switched uh from that because i just didn't feel like serpentine even though it sounded very very good it wasn't as good as i thought it was going to be and like super super broken because from the patch notes i was like this is going to yeah. be insane if you're running like you are going to be like like thanos on the map like the unkillable <laughs> right. but um i actually ran it for 12 and a half hours yesterday and felt like it really wasn't that good i think that i saw um, I think it was Jay God tweeted that basically that perk is to save you from being headshot sniped while you're like running across like a field or something like that, which makes sense. But for the more like uh, just like normal play, I feel like it didn't make a big difference. So it's not worth it over the other perk one options that are available. Uh, yeah, so far, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no, fu I mean, it's funny. I want to hop in, Katie, because uh, I was kind of taking a look at the timeline, and most people were saying the exact same thing you were, Joe, right? Like, one of the other points that I saw from a guy named Maverick, who I really respect his opinions on some things, he was doing some testing, and it looked like the damage reduction only comes through with your actual health, not armor, which would make a lot of sense and means uh -huh. it would be much more of a minimal change and would prevent that headshot snipe. I don't know if that's 100% yeah. accurate, but just things that I was seeing on the timeline. Yeah. So curious to see, of course, how those different perks and different map changes and things will go into the competitive scene. But go ahead, Katie. 
All right. Uh, I want to talk about uh, some of the stuff I know uh, Unrational was tweeting about it, some of the things that he thought were else, some of the things that he thought were dubs so far in this update. Mm -hmm. But what has your experience been with a lot of these lootable things that have been added in, whether it is the lootable loadout drop marker or the lootable speed boost, uh, et cetera? What has that been like? Do you think some things are maybe too frequent in their drop rates, or has it felt fairly even keel in kind of how the pace of a map plays out? Yeah, uh, I definitely think there's good things they've added and bad. Uh, Competitive-wise and customs, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what we decide on things that we ban and stuff because when you are like grabbing new guns or, or, or chests or things like that, like you can't not grab certain things. At, like unless you're like extremely careful, there's no way to not grab like a speed boost or things like that that like is going to be coming out of a chest like instantly and like on top of you. So it's going to be very, very hard competitive wise to kind of uh, see like what we do with that. But pubs wise, I mean, the, the cons that I see was yesterday, I, I hope they kind of change that a little bit is you found self-res a lot. And oh, really? I do know that they changed. Yeah. And that, that they changed it and made self-reses uh, more in, in crates. But I feel like every team you fought, whatever a lot of the players had self-res. And I feel like if teams, uh, the the slower players, loot a lot, that the entire team could have self-res because I was finding them left and right. Uh, the perks were good. The uh, like speed boost was definitely cool. Um, but I think that the biggest downside for me was that you were finding self-reses all the time. And I just think that adds kind of like a like weird factor in the game that the teams that you're fighting it will most likely always have self and it's just kind of well that makes sense you you can assume right after a fire sale which are fairly frequent yeah. you can know most of the teams you're going to engage assume that they have those selfies but now uh, i mean goj i agree with that right it's going to be a little bit of an awkward pacing issue to know okay there hasn't been a fire sale maybe it's toward the the beginning or middle of the map so you can assume maybe people don't have it and you go into fights and you get those downs maybe you're trying to do what we know joe does best and do those 1v multiple situations and suddenly someone's popping up behind you that you didn't realize but um i wonder there's so much else here but uh well, I, I, what else I, stood out to you yeah no i mean the the big point of contention i saw the timeline joe was that 120 player change in the main oh. lobby and yes you have a lot more people coming back into the lobby theoretically because of the gulag tokens as well as the redeploy tokens um mm -hmm. based on your experience yesterday before we hop in and start having a conversation around rebirth uh from the caldera side what do you think about the player re reduction was it too much maybe is there a middle ground i mean just general impressions yeah, I definitely think that uh, it seemed like it was definitely a, a large change, but I didn't really feel it a ton yesterday. Now, again, the first day I feel like can always play weird with like a like since they changed it. I feel like those first couple of days I always play kind of strange, but overall, I really didn't feel like I noticed less players. But like I said, I definitely noticed more teams of four with the self. And also the late game had a lot more people in it. I don't know if it was just that type of day or how certain like, people were playing, but it seemed like those zones, like four and five, there was a lot more players left. 
yeah that makes a lot of sense okay and, and that was i know the main point of contention over in caldera and then the other main point of contention was the rebirth health change that was it was yeah. it's, it's hotly debated like i'll see yep. some people be like i love this so much if you're bad if you think this is a bad change and some yep. people that i know are very good at the game were like this is a terrible change because of squads and hand holding so a general impressions i knew you're playing rebirth this morning uh of some of the rebirth changes and i know uh you also have that new uh the i think it's the jammer that comes up during the the game so give me a little bit of insight on rebirth so with that change me personally i absolutely love it i think it's a very very good change i heard a lot of times in like uh the guys that i killed or like my like <laughs> random teammates they were like my god like doing no damage like they like they, they they may not know or like read the patch notes but like a lot of people felt like they should have downed someone or knocked somebody but i definitely think that it adds that that extra skill gap that like you have to hit your shots like there's like no more of like the just broken guns that kill instantly and i think that definitely adds a good thing but the bad thing about it is with more health i feel like definitely a lot of more people uh teams will play slower but i feel like that's been like that for the past couple of months is that with a lot of people moving over from caldera to rebirth a lot of teams play it like caldera and will like post up inside of a building like claymores down and like i'm like you guys know this is like rebirth research like you get to come back like we know like and it feels like a lot of people just play it like very very just kind of nervous and scared when i'm like this is the time to get better like this is the time to practice your centering like your gunfights and i and i always preach that like if you don't feel good in caldera like go and just like squat up play like squad fill and split and just go and, and you could practice on for like your centering your shots you're you're just preparing for gunfights all that kind of stuff and i feel like a lot of times just seems a little bit more campy but overall the change i think the health change is uh, amazing i, I mean it. i think that's something they had mentioned that as well previously of of that ttk that creep that they didn't anticipate in how fast ttk was getting and they look like yeah. they've really been taking very intense strides to rein that back and I, I mean when you're not instantly getting blown up i think it makes it a better game experience for everyone because you get a chance to have that counterplayer where you might not have had it otherwise uh joe talk to me about the guns i, I saw you were also putting out a, a clip about the arma i'm not going to try and pronounce the rest of the words <laughs> I know, say it. I know a lot of people have been running STGs. So how is it shifted? Do you like it? What What are your favorite guns right now? So my favorite guns are now probably it, it, well. Prior to this, I loved the XM4, and that was my baby. Uh, but they hit it with a nerf again. So now the STG I feel like is like the best primary, hands down. Like not even close. Um, I tried the bar some, the bar felt like a solid primary, but I, the only thing I'm a little bit nervous about is I, I didn't get to try all of the primaries yet, but the, it, it definitely seems like the STG ha is clearly like the best gun hands down. And I feel like we could, it could go back to that point where those, there's like a certain primary or two that like everybody uses. Like one, it's a beam from long range. Like as long as, as, as you can think about, like you can shoot it that far and it kills very fast and it's like i said easy to use and i feel like anybody will rock that gun and it gets to the point where if that's the best like only like or, or sorry everyone will rock that gun so primary wise kind of scares me sub wise i tried a lot of subs um like you said that one is definitely my favorite but it seems like sub wise it's pretty open at the moment where you can use a lot of subs and not feel like there's a clear best one, which I think is great. 
Sure. Yeah. The, the more opportunities to make decisions on weapons you want to use based on the way you play or, or the different ranges you're covering, especially when you get to a competitive scene where you can start actually having conversations with your teammate of like, hey, I need to run this style of weapon. You need to run this style of weapon. That becomes exactly. a lot more interesting. So I'll be curious to see what the competitive scene does. Does Let's, let's kind of hop over. I appreciate all the insight on this new update. And I know all of our audio and video listeners um, are either you're you know just listening to this as it releases and this is really pertinent to you or you're looking back and saying, okay, Okay, interesting like this is you know the past so what does the future hold now right do people still feel the same way as joe an interesting conversation point but let's hop to the tournament scene let's talk to the competitive scene because joe mm -hmm. uh, katie and i obviously got a chance to cast the entirety of the battle for the crown 2 series which was just a blast and a pleasure That's so much fun. and uh, we appreciate of course all of your gas and input that that came in from the event but um, even before that, I, I want to back up a little bit about the, the history of Joe and really Lofwo in, uh, in tournaments, right? Uh, let, let's go ahead and jump in with this conversation around where did you find Breadman first? I, I, Bread was coming up through the tournament scene. He's coming up through the just the streamer scene in general. You guys ended up linking up and you've podiumed in a number of events, right? Just on Caldera, you've taken home almost $20,000 at this point. And uh, a very impressive run recently with Breadman. And for those at home that don't know Breadman as much or you don't know their combo, one of the cool things that I've been able to see from Joe and Bread um, and from the behind the scenes perspective is like, hey, I've been casting Warzone forever. And they were both players that came in and were a third or a duo with some other people, finally kind of found each other. We're running tournaments here and there. I, I almost say like, Joe, this is what I usually say on broadcast. It's like you were running like the big ones here and there. That was kind of what you were doing, but you were so really focused on your content and your stream because you've got a great community and your stream has been popping off recently and you've been focusing on YouTube. And then all of a sudden, like Caldera drops, you and Bread were like, hey, we're just going to buckle down and go. You start running some of the smaller events. You start putting in a ton of time together and it has paid off. Like you are some of the best players in the game. You're a very, very talented duo and oftentimes will find yourself at the podium. So give me a little bit of background about Breadman and, and you. Yeah, so um, we started playing, I believe, honestly, at the beginning of Caldera. I don't think I played with Breadman and Verdansk that I know of. Um, and I think that I saw him playing, uh, I think he played some, I was trying to think of who was his past duos or teammates in the past, but, um, we played pubs before, like the vibes like were there. And I feel like that's definitely like one of the most important things for a team is like, it is like the vibes. If you don't have good vibes as a team of like a trio duo, like quads, like you guys will lose. Like, I don't care how good, like certain yep. like a, a team is, but if like the vibes are terrible, you guys are going to play terrible. So like we like, uh, like our vibes instantly just clicked and like, we like knew that like we could be like a great, great team. And I think that I definitely see a lot of teams uh, kind of do not the blaming thing, but they kind of like to blame certain things on like, well, if Brad did that, like we could have won or like I could have won that or like, and like we never had that like thing of being like, yo, like you should have like, that was so dumb. Like, mm -hmm. and say like, yo, like maybe we could try this and like talk and like check like VODs and clips and like we talk and say like, hey, we should try this or try to like land here or and not pull that like blame game of thing. And like we grew and like, like learned a ton tournament after tournament after tournament. And then we just started just frying. I 
love that you just mentioned that you guys actually look at VODs because that is that's a huge question I've had for a really long time because I know I've seen debates that happen on Twitter of do you watch VODs do you not watch VODs how can you how can you bitch about getting better if you're not watching your VODs so do you is that a widespread thing do a lot of people you know actually go back and and watch VODs and try and prove are people just kind of like YOLO each game and hope it goes well um I feel like some people yolo each game i do know that some people definitely watch vods i i feel like some don't but we definitely do it's so important like even though because i've definitely seen a, a lot of people say like dude like it's a 2v2 like random things can happen but there's plays that i make that i'm like that that i think at the time is smart and i will like watch the clip back or like the vod back and be like brad this was so dumb like why did i do this and then learn the next time like i shouldn't land here or true and and that, i think that's so so important because at the time it seems like that was the right play and can say like well it's just random like that's so annoying like or like it, it's so random but then later seeing the cutback be like oh no it actually wasn't random like at all like that was a bad play on my part and i think that making sure that you're checking back like on your games your clips is like super super important yeah no it's it's funny you say that we always talk about it on broadcasts about like repetitions i mean usually it's in reference to the gulag right i i I always have this comparison about like the nba or just basketball in general i know you're a basketball guy about how the gulag is in pubs at the very least is kind of like your free throw right it's repetitions you're gonna have a high percent win rate you're gonna miss one every once in a while in those high pressure moments we see the highest level competitor miss one occasionally and lose the gulag but just in general too like esports sports traditional sports or otherwise like everything comes down to repetitions because you want your muscle memory to be what can i do in this circumstance in this circumstance and in war zones there's so much rng yes but that also means there's a ton of different circumstances you'll find yourself in and if you've been there before right and you know what you I've can do all the time boom, yep you're there uh that's really interesting from from your perspective that's because, not, I, oh, go, no go I, ahead go ahead that is literally like a, a point I literally preach all the time. It's like people always ask, like, how can they in, in pubs or in any way? The best way to improve is you put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And then if you it, later, when those things happen, you've done it so many times that it's just normal. Because I see so many times that, it, that, that if there's a player in a 1v2 or 1v3 they just make the dumbest play and just fold but also they fold it because they've never practiced 1v2ing 1v3 1v4ing so they fold because they are not in that situation even if 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 those times you get smoked a million times over and over and over i guarantee that you're improving and then later you can actually 1v4 those teams or or if you're playing in in a customs or things like that that repetition is so important or else later it just you'll just fold I mean, I think to that point, right, it's and you hear it in death comms all the time. It's so easy to assign blame to something that's not yourself, mm-hmm. right? It was everything else. It was the RNG or it was unlucky timing or whatever it might be, or maybe your bullets magically missed. But I, I love that you say that because I think far too often um, people don't take the time to understand that sometimes unlucky things do happen, but a lot of the time you could have done something in your control that was better in that situation to maybe change the outcome come but go do we want to start having a chit chat about um kind of how joe's tournaments came about yeah. what what inspired that and of course uh battle for the crown one and two 
yeah no that's a, that's a great next point i i think joe i appreciate you talking about bread i, I was thinking back yeah. to before we hop on and I, and i believe it was bread and iceman isaac that were playing together quite a bit and then yeah, if I, um, yeah and then if i remember correctly i think it was like hey you and ice were playing and then you ice and bread started playing and then you and bread kind of became this competitive duo but it's been fun to watch that storyline kind of unfold for a while and uh definitely gonna continue to call you lofo going forward because it, i i love it's, that it's i literally good. love that <laughs> for calling you love because he he turns those out during broadcasts like oh no i love that i literally love that when you have a duo pair that plays together all the time you you have to combine their names at some point to just exactly. make it easier because we're all in the broadcast i can't say joe and bread joe and bread joe and bread every single time it's too many syllables just lofo it's easy lofo it's just simple you know what i'm saying absolutely <laughs> i love that i love that uh, well hey I, let's talk about battle for the crown uh one mm -hmm. and two but two in particular because we just got through that series it was it was a three tournament series for those that don't know and it was a really fun format uh you know we've played hundreds upon hundreds if not thousands now of tournaments throughout the life cycle of warzone and um 2v2s we talked about being one of your favorite uh tournament formats you get the pub slay you get to have a lot of fun um mm -hmm. and, and i i really do like the best of five format that we went with as well <laughs> right because and i'll let you talk about that uh, why you did try to push for that in terms of format but give me a little bit of insight on on the backdrop and the build-up of this battle for the crown too and why you did elected to go with this kind of fun unique three-day format yeah um of course first first and foremost if uh, whoever is out there if you guys plan on doing any tournament and you don't have katie or gauge casters the freaking duo casters i um, don't know what to tell you you are missing out first and foremost if you host a tournament they're literally the best catchers in the game i say that say that all the time they're incredible but with that being said um <laughs> yeah nah, I'm, t I'm telling you i say that literally all the time you guys are the goats but um yeah so for the for this past uh three i kind of i've definitely seen like a lot of people try um kind of different like styles of tournaments and things like that and instead of doing like the normal like 2v2 which is great um i, I kind of was like how can we add a twist on it and still be competitive but also fun um so for the first one the ground loot only i think that is a ton of fun obviously they changed it now to kind of new stuff but um still a ton of fun the second one was literally like i can't even lie prop i mean my favorite tournament i probably ever played in was reverse input where i played on the keys red on controller husk on controller and honestly a lot of people actually surprised me how talented some mm -hmm. people were across both like and like people don't get that is if like you're good and know like the right plays like the things to make like it doesn't matter if you play on a joystick we uh like <laughs> nintendo switch like you're gonna be good like and those people that blew, like i was surprised we're playing very very good on both um and then third was just the normal standard um and uh yeah ton of fun yeah, the uh, the reverse input day was by far Katie and I's favorite of the three. And I think just about everybody said the same because there was this fun storyline that we got to see of like the early stages. It was like who it was like comedic, like it was like who is horrible like i saw some I mean, golden we, clips at this point they've accepted it they know it so we can shout about i mean oakley boys clip in the gulag was maybe the funniest clip i've seen in warzone history like it, it's and up Ga there and gab's reaction because he just died so he's like telling up score like all right like what can we do here and then he's like 
what wait what and he's like you're kidding me and then charles charles in the back i'm like coming and i was like that was one of the best coats i've ever seen that was hilarious you don't understand we were sitting there we we had to cast that yeah. and how did you cast that yeah. I, we like, were like there's no way on the ground almost standing up like what in the hell just happened? <laughs> what I, am i watching Someone did it in the 2v2 um, yesterday. I can't remember who it was, but someone did something similar with the Magnum it's in the their gulag. It's the top break, man. The top break. Look, it gets it, it out. For bouncing key Instagram. controller, I I hope that gun. I I wouldn't be mad if they just take that gun out of the game forever. Like, get <laughs> that thing out. I have died so many times, like, where, like, I, like, maybe maybe hit like three or four shots and then it's like an awkward like reload but they're running at me so i'm trying to swing and like oh my god get this gun out of the game like yeah dude oh, it, it, it was rough so so it was really fun because we got to see those hilarious comedic moments and there were plenty of others i mean i was talking to wagnificent before we even started the tournament he was like hey we're, me and corrupt we're coming to fry and they showcased that in the finals they did really well yeah. in the finals but he was like please tell production to not put me on screen during reverse input we are atrocious <laughs> it was but but like that's that's the fun part too yeah it's like <laughs> seeing like certain players like one slay but like one also just be a complete cheeseburger on the map which just made it amazing yeah and like but also like a lot of people also like fried out which mm -hmm. was super super cool exactly like we went from the comedic moments and then as the tournament went on it got really sweaty and in the front runners in our mind going into it was tommy and alman certainly i'd seen tom fry on massive keyboard over and, mm -hmm. over and over and over again um they were near the top of the list and then a lot of people were kind of looking at iceman isaac as that like true hybrid player of course um which they didn't have the best showing in the world but not a bad one and then the other team that we were looking at was you um because i knew that you were playing a lot of valorant on and off stream you mm -hmm. comfortable on mouse and key you look great on mouse and key the big question mark was bread and we <laughs> the first time we tuned over to bread's stream when we're in that tournament bread's got his controller rested on his desk uh, i told him don't do it i want to i want to go on brock i said i i, I want to mark i said you can never i don't care if i don't i give respect i have no idea how people play with their controller on their desk there is no way <laughs> I will get slammed. I was like, Brad, just put just put it in your lap. Like you have to. He's like, Yeah, but it feels coming. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Brother, like that is, I don't know how. Brother, he oh. rested. Yeah. He rested the controller on his desk on like a towel. It looked like a sham wow that he's rested his hands on, like his hands are sweating. And he's got the control. Dude, it was hilarious. But it was he was solid. Like, yeah. Has he played controller before? never yeah. i i um drove to his house actually uh three or four days before that and dropped a scuff off to him and like he literally like looked like a, like i'm not even kidding like he literally looked like a kid like holding it like this is like how do okay like how do i and i'm like oh like this is not gonna be but then after like one day like i think the two days before that we played chalice too and went like we were frying in wagers like the entire time and brett was like piecing i was like what the heck but as i dropped it off he was like holding it like he has never felt a controller <laughs> i'm like just hold it like what are you why are you acting weird he's like i don't know like it was so funny <laughs> I mean, that is incredible. Like, that is such a testament to the talent level that a lot of you guys have. And I, I see so many people trying to prescribe, oh, well, they're not really as good as you think. No, you guys are really as good as what you put on, especially the fact that you can bring this this alien device to Bradman. Like it was, I, I literally was kind of like, oh, we lost. 
Like, like what? It was so funny, but it, it, like him holding that, I like at first was trying to be like, you're good. Like you're fine. Like it's not that hard, but I was looking like, oh, we lost. Like, oh yeah, like we literally <laughs> lost. He was literally holding it like a baby. Like literally like, what do I? I'm like, oh no, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. He he uh he pulled it out though, and you guys played very well in that event. And then of course Huskers and Noobs kind of not, not really surpri they surprised yeah. most of the world. If you know their uh, background, you're like, okay, these guys uh, can game, but like they came out swinging. I uh, well during this, I think we played them in this. I think the second round, and I knew that Husk was about to be a demon because he actually played. I think a long like. A long long ago the like black ops twos and like the black ops ones and like and like played like chows for like hundreds of dollars back in those games so like i knew like every, every everybody was like yeah well husk is like really good at mouse and key like but controller he's and, and i'm like that man played old cods for yeah. money yeah. like there's like yeah. but like old cods like like played wagers like and was like frying everybody like back then and i was like Give him like an hour and he'll be back on controller literally just fine. And I knew it. He dropped like multiple 30s against us. I'm like, yep. I'm like, that guy, like, GG's only. Like, well, I don't know what to say there. Like, I don't know. GG's. Yeah, that was the general consensus. It, it, yeah it, it, that was the general consensus it was like hey it's it's huskers he's a mouse and key. he's like the mouse and keyboard stalwart like he's like one of the last remaining like him and brad are like the the true like mouse and keyboard players but everybody that knows his history man was a console demon like just yep. a freak so that was super super cool it was a lot of fun katie and i had a blast yeah, it, it was it was refreshing as well for us as casters because we hadn't experienced that. No one else had done that yet, so it was really a treat for us. Uh, but you've you've done all these two v twos. You play with Breadman all the time, and I know I'm echoing back to that. But also about Battle for the Crown too. Uh, is there any duo, whether it's endurance, resilience, they just never die, they drop bombs. Is there any duo that you find particularly challenging to go up against in these tournaments? Tommy and Almond. Every single time, I don't know what, like, they sold their soul. Like, I don't know. Like, I need to just go to Tommy's house and just film what he does on his day-to-day because -day something, I, I I don't know. Like, with, like, every time, like, I, we play them, I'm like, yo, this will be our toughest matchup. Like, I don't care who is after this. I don't care, care if we're playing double Thanos. Like, we're going to beat him, but this one, we got to lock in. Because every time, I'm like, okay, Brad, like, like, Tom's dead. Ben's coming back from Gooch. He has no money, no rest. And we're like, all right, let's fry. Like we're slaying out. He hits one chest 4K. I'm like, what? Like, what do I gotta do? He like reses, then he dies off the res, then Tom comes back, gets I'm like, oh, they never die ever. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I am losing it. But definitely a sense for dance. Like, I love them, like disgusting duo, just demons. Yeah, I uh, we see that a lot from main broadcast. Of course, they win a lot, right? Uh, Tom, first player to, to reach over 400K overall, and then Alvin was first to reach 100K on, on big map Caldera. So uh, obviously winning a lot, and they're very talented. And it is funny to see their survivability because you're like, there's just no chance they're coming back from this. Like, there's no way. They play high risk. Time. Go cheers me all the time on broadcast. I'm like, well, let me check my watch. Almond's alive, has 100 bucks. It's final circle. Give it about... A minute and a half, and Tommy will be back. And then Somehow, life work. Some way. I'm telling yeah. you, there is so many times that I'm like, nice, Brad. Like, we're frying. Like, we're up seven. Like, he has no rest. Like, keep going. Let's go. Next thing I know, like, Tom's Ben. I see team wipe. Team wipe. <laughs> team like, 
I'm like, when did time even come back, bro? Like, when did he even get the res? It's been just spawned in out of nowhere. Like, it's Casper the Ghost. Like, hello? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Man, they are hard to beat. You guys have been playing great. It was a lot of fun all the way through. And, and Joe, one more time, just thank you for that event. Um, the finale was a blast. We saw some great matchups back and forth. Um, last kind of question on Battle of the Crown 2. I know yeah. uh, at the end of day three, like, you know, you guys didn't have the best showing that you wanted. Was there things that now that you're looking back on the tournament saying, man, I wish we could have done this differently or or was it just a map per map thing? Because the best of five series is a lot of fun because with Warzone RNG, like it kind of mitigates a little bit of that, right? Like you have five maps, you got to win three. Certainly you're going to run into some unlucky things, but what do you guys think that maybe you could have done a little bit different or done a little bit better? in some of those matchups yeah so in the uh round one we actually played freaking tom and ben yeah <laughs> um we took the first map off of them um second map i believe we were up by a couple kills um i was alive and just a play that i again not something i could have really changed but um there was still a ton left and i was trying to find cash for the res for bread and there was actually teams fighting above me where i could have maybe fought them and killed them got more kills and cash off of them but instead of fighting them which again long term maybe i still like get sniped there or die there either way but maybe fighting them instead get those kills get that cash get bread back he's back we're up by who knows and then we take that game two and who knows then sure um which Again, could be a thing, but um, I saw that back and was kind of like, I should have probably fought that anyway, because then I wrapped out of that fight and was just basically going like house to house with knowing the they don't have a ton of cash anyway. And then going house to house as zone is like closing in, they're frying, trying to find money over and over and over, didn't find cash and died. So um, that was definitely the biggest thing there and then in losers round i think it was three or four um red died in the most rng way which again can happen but we uh saw that when Brett died he actually had i think 18k on him mm -hmm. and before he fought the team that he died to he could have grabbed uh like precision self and that self could have actually helped him because he died in a way a, a guy actually shot an rpg from hangers up a hill and hit like like up a hill like not even like down he shot literally up a hill and direct impacted brad to knock him Jeez. long term he buys himself who knows again but just like the small things matter um but it's like who knows but it's like the odds of a guy hitting an rpg literally like across the map i'm not even kidding will probably never happen again yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it is what it is but it was just like those like small things like definitely matter they definitely matter and uh, I, it was it was a treat nonetheless and sometimes those heartbreakers those frustrating moments you never want to be the one experiencing them but in a weird way they enrich the broadcast they allow Absolutely. us to tell those stories as they flow through the remainder of a tournament and in the case of battle for the crown 2 through all the days of the tournament over those three weeks but uh, i know we've touched about uh what you've been doing with your tournaments uh the warzone updates and and we got to talk about what's happening with Warzone 2, because when mm -hmm. I see a big update like this, I 
actually love that from them because I know there's yep. so many people working behind the scenes day and night to make sure Warzone 2 happens and they don't have all the resources to allot to current Warzone. So when I see things like this, I think it helps keep it fresh as we chug toward Warzone 2. But I know that's going to be something you're thinking about. You're talking about, you're asking questions about. So when you look forward to what we're inevitably going to see, are there any hopes you have in particular for Warzone 2? With Warzone 2, one of my biggest hopes is that it brings back the casual player to enjoy the game. Um, I think that as creators, streamers, YouTube, whatever, that we forget so much how, like, the reason why Warzone is as big as it is is because of the casual player. So, like, bringing back that casual player to make sure that they are still enjoying the game, but also having that skill gap that we lacked for so long with, like, fire shotguns, origin shotguns, headshot snipes, the guns that they killed in a burst, like, from Verdansk. Like, and that stopped a ton of players from playing also was because at that time, it, it was still fun to play at that time, but, like, looking back now, it was like we had guns that killed in one or two bursts. Like, literally, like you insta died like nothing you could do you insta died like subs shotguns that killed instantly and and for the next game i just really hope they find that balance to make sure the casual player is still having fun but also that they have the skill gap that that good players will thrive that is a great way to set this up uh, i uh i know we're all thinking a lot about it as well because uh, it, it's no secret right that the player base has started to fall off and then the competitive scene and the tournament scene is still kind of like stayed there and so like the main source of content that we've seen is just events that we're kind of guising as tournaments right and that's because getting mm -hmm. all of our big streamers to play that people still like to watch those everybody loves competition we want to continue to have that but we've got to bring back the casual player base it's a great Absolutely. point you, you couldn't have said it better uh in speaking to that let's let's have a conversation i mean ranked mode <laughs> thoughts questions comments is it something that is at the highest level mm -hmm. of priority for you i know you've played quite a bit of apex in, in valorant and with you know ranked mode in those place those games like that's a huge draw to those titles so thoughts on ranked in warzone yeah so i actually have kind of an unpopular opinion that i see like everybody tweeting out about it and stuff like that my unpopular opinion is that i hope they never add a ranked mode in this game Oh. unless the warzone 2 has a skill gap when people point out games like apex uh that game has a at the core level of the game a very large skill gap and a very very big team-based thing with players movement time to kill um and i think that with warzone at the core of warzone at the bottom line is like with headshot snipes time to kill uh yeah, basically like you, you 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 run in the open like that you can die from anyone at any time and in in the games actually have a true ranked mode they have a a actual skill gap at the foundation of the game that i feel like warzone lacks if they tried to add a skill gap it would be very very i i think just campy people would throw down bouncing betties and literally just sit in a building and wait for someone to push them and it doesn't matter how good you are when you run into a house of four people sitting in there with shotguns like it doesn't matter how good you are cracked or how good you're feeling that day like you die um and in games that actually have a true ranked that the, those games have a very large skill gap and is very very big team based and i just hope they don't add that for warzone because one i just don't think it would play well and smooth Warzone 2, you never know, but I just think right now, absolutely, I am against ranked. Do you think ranked is more viable in something like Rebirth, or is that opinion as a whole in the entirety of all the votes? Um, with me personally, I think 
uh, I guess this like goes kind of there, but um, like Rebirth tournaments too, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, also because I feel like it kind of strays away from like how it's like supposed to be played is that like you can come back like it's it's supposed to be like constant fighting like running around like trying different guns like like getting into engagements a lot and I feel like with like Rebirth Customs we've seen a lot of people uh, not play it like Rebirth and just post up and not move and sit on uh, uh, a tent or and just wait until people are flying in over and over and over and just it, free kills. And I think that if they would do a ranked mode in Rebirth, I think it would be kind of tough because I think it would kind of play the same that it is right now of people just camping loadouts, playing a slower. And that's, I think, not how it should be played. That's a really interesting point. And I, it is it is countercultural or, or whatever you want to say, but it does yeah. make a lot of sense. And I think uh, I think you're all, you're right, right? Like we, we've become so accustomed to this war zone, whether it was intended or not, this war zone mm -hmm. that is very fast paced. It is slay out. It's it's fly around the map, get, get as many kills as possible, 1v multiple situations. That's not how Apex plays at all. And uh -huh. uh, if you were to try to play war zone like Apex or increase the skill gap in a massive way with health and, uh, and things like that, you're right. You're going to see a, a totally different play style than what we're Absolutely. used to in Warzone, which won't be well received, I would believe, from the casual player. So plus, exactly. Plus, like I see too that, like especially in like now too, and for the past two years, is if they would try to add a ranked mode, I think that it would just come down to like there's times like every player, like you can look at the best players in the world, and you can look at they die multiple times every day to like the corny stuff like the like gas canisters like blow up beside you you're not like things like that like a point it doesn't matter how good you are you can die to a literal point zero 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 one on complete accident because they threw a stun or accidentally sniped you or shot a gas canister there's literally like so many things that is just at the foundation of the game just not skilled that if they had a ranked mode it there's no clear skill gap in the really, really good players and the players that aren't that good that can happen and they can still get those kills on accident that you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Well, I, we've had you for a good 45 minutes, almost an hour. So we're going to have one more question for you and then we'll call mm -hmm. it a day. You have been nothing but a pleasure to work with and, and talk to about Thank all of this guys. stuff. Very well-spoken. Really appreciate that. Um, last question I have for you. You've had mm -hmm. the opportunity to play in a LAN or two uh, at this point, And I want to talk to you about the LAN experience for Warzone. Is that something you enjoyed? Is it something you want to see a lot more of if it's even feasible? Um, you know, what did you think about a, a potential like CDL inclusion of more lands with Warzone show matches at majors, like those types of conversations? Where's your head at in, in the LAN combo? I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. Um, I think that in the future, I think they should definitely do something like that. On the flip side, with that being said, I think that they should, if they plan on doing lands, that they should send out a like list of like everything that they will have at the land, like specs of every PC, uh, specs of everything, because we got there. And again, like not anyone's fault at all, but definitely like the change. I was like, whoa, is as we got there going back to a 24 inch 1080p, I was like, 
I thought we were playing on 1440. Like, oh, wait a second. Like, but like that seems like it's just like we didn't know. And hopefully in the future, if they do land, which would be amazing, is that they give us that list of at every land in the future, you will be playing on this certain specs on it. Because I will buy every single thing that they say. So when you get to that land, you are that that's basically your exact stuff. And not being there and being like, oh, we're playing on a 24 inch monitor. It just was definitely different. But I think that would definitely be super cool for sure. That's a great point. Uh, that, that's that's such a minute detail that is probably of the most importance because the only big complaints I ever see about lands are, oh, the specs weren't up to what I've played and I wasn't used to that or I wasn't expecting that and I maybe could have brought something that could have helped and I just didn't know. So communication yeah. seems so important. Um, Absolutely. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, I know there are some lands coming up in the future, whether it's near-term or, or far-term. Either way, excited about that as we prepare for Warzone 2. But, Joe, I think that's all we've got, my man. You have been amazing. Thank you for your time and hopping Thank on the guys. podcast. Uh, excited to see where Warzone 2 goes. Excited to see where you and Brad go in the tournament scene. And uh, oh, oh, last thing, last thing. This is yep. a short, this is like a one-word answer. If, Absolutely. If you had to pick right this second... Your third for a trio's customs. Who are you picking? Ifa, new trio. <laughs> yes. We've been frying, baby. That's the trio right there. Like, eh. we've been frying. Yep, I love it. Beef, absolutely. I love it. Beef is a demon. Uh, we might actually have him on next week as well. So that'll be that'll be a fun convo. He'll, I'm sure he'll say the same about you guys. So no, Joe, thank you. This was a blast. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming we'll we'll talk more in the future with some more tourneys, right? Joe's probably cooking up Battle for the Crown you know. three and four and five. Come on now. Well, I mean, I mean, we're always cooking. After stream, we're always cooking stuff up. People think I I slide off and just sit around. We always got stuff cooking, you know. So of course, and and if those, or I won't say wait, when those happen. Uh, I will have the greatest casters, of course, casting that. Come on. Yes, on. let's go. I, I appreciate you a ton, man. Seriously, thanks for hopping on and have a great rest of your stream. Same, same, guys. Guys, seriously, thank you guys so much. Um, A pleasure always. And um, I will probably talk to y'all pretty soon, hopefully. I love that. I love it. All right, man. Have a good rest of the yep. day. All right, sweet. Peace, peace. Peace. All right. Wow. Just to do it. Joe was such a treat to have on. Like, I, I can't say thank you enough. Everything you echoed. Uh, Joe, it, not only is like our biggest casting hype man, which I will take that all day, but uh, to to have a whole hour here with us on the Bot Lobby podcast, like just just the best. Uh, some of those answers, Goat, when he hit me with the no on ranked. Yeah. Um, it's like okay when he hit me with some of those answers like especially the land one about getting the specs i was like okay perspective i hadn't thought about so great loved it yeah no uh you know it's funny when we whenever i talk to joe in dms or, or discord or whatever like just very well-spoken class act guy he's always that guy in tournaments that is going to give the other players the benefit of the doubt if it makes sense like just really enjoy watching him play and compete and and i know his community is super super supportive of him which i which i love like it all well deserved excited to see where he continues to go from here so we want to thank joe one more time for just hopping on the pod but i, I know we've got a little bit more to talk about katie we're gonna finish up with our classic next segment we've got to get a jingle for shitter's digest i don't know what it's going to be we've got to find a jingle this is also by the way a great part in the show to say hey if you ever wanted to sponsor our podcast this is a this is a great spot to throw your little sponsorship in we could talk about your whatever you've got that is maybe you know included here with the warzone community people might 
enjoy that because it's you guys have been showing us so much support and uh supporting us all the way all the way through youtube as well as our audio version has been cooking randomly which we really appreciate so again feel free to reach out if you'd like to sponsor the podcast but no let's finish up shitter's digest there's always something right it has been a fairly sleepy back and forth on the timeline here and there which is usually where we find our drama but there was there was a bit of drama in uh the finals of the battle for the crown too especially towards the end so you want to kind of intro our topic Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, winner's final yesterday, you had Tommy and Almond, no surprise, super evident. Biffle, also no surprise. Both teams had been frying all day long. They get there, goes map after map, 1 1 going into map three. In map three, Super Evan and Biffle have one left alive. Tommy and Almond are full wiped. They drop money at the buy and they help escort this player over to the buy station where he buys back his teammate. They then kill him and the teammate dies as well. They end up tying. Now, whether that was mathematical and they thought that final kill was going to get them the win, regardless, a tie obviously still good because you don't want to miss a calculate and lose no matter what. But um, there were there were people uh, chirping. Uh, as they do <laughs> saying saying that or implying that super evident biffle dropping money and you know leading the horse to water was cheating it is not cheating in any way is right. it 100% is it perfectly fine and i have no issue with it 100% yeah. tommy has done the same thing aiden has done the same thing before and so people were a little upset about that anyway whatever it, it ends up being a tie we go to yeah. map 3 v2 and um when we get to that point in this scenario you get to that there, there's lead taken you get to that map 4 and then in that map 4 uh, the curiosity I had, Goge, was because uh, at this point, Super Evan and Biffle are at a 2-1 lead. After that tie, they win that map three and, and so on. You move to map four, and uh, there was a lot of times people say, oh, my God, this was super obvious stream sniping or whatever. And sometimes, most of the time, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, there was very obviously a team following Super Evan and Biffle around and killing, they killed them three separate times as a full squad unit flying at them. And I was like, that's yeah. just a little interesting. And it ends to the point where once again, the scores are tied. Almond's the last one alive. He's out in the open. He has a down and a player watches him as he thirsts and then kills him. They win by one, goes to, to map five and so on. But it was just... There was there was accusations, not not from the players themselves, to be clear, but there was people who were clearly very upset about this. And my eyebrow raise was, I don't always think it's a coincidence when uh, viewers come in and bitch about things, and then someone starts getting streams. Not yeah, that was right, like right. So no, it's a it's a very interesting conversation point. And if you weren't in the main broadcast and you missed it, then you you might not know exactly what we're talking about. But Katie did a great job of explaining it. And there's there's two pieces, there's two fragments to this. And what you said, Katie is like just straight up. By the way, no questions asked. Leading a horse to water, giving them free money and a buyback. That's just straight up strategy. And and I tend to agree. I see how that's annoying. I see how that's frustrating. But like it's pubs, and there's no rule against dropping money for a random pubs player. You know, teabagging up and down and leading them to the buy station to buy their teammate back you kill both of them you tie the game well done right like those those circumstances come once every blue moon it's a it's a cheese strat that can work and it worked this time around i've seen it work i've casted 
70 events at this point or something obscene not not quite that many but close to it actually and uh it, like that's happened three times like in the entire life cycle of the tournaments i've casted so that's that but then it starts stirring up this drama and we know stream snipers are a massive part of 2v2s you can't straight up put a rule set in if oh you can prove this is stream sniping then it's a full reset like it, it there's too much gray area and too much thing too many things you can't control that that rule itself could actually be exploited if you think about it right yes. like you're down as a team and one of your fans comes in and tries to kill you and stream snipe you very like type it in the chat and then it auto calls for a reset like there's so many there's way too much gray area so the only solution to the stream sniping conversation has to be stream delays hiding your screen so people don't know when you load into the lobby we eventually streamer mode for everyone right eventually hopefully because there's two different types of stream sniping you have it's at the very end if for those that are wondering it's at the very end of uh winner's finals in the battle for the crown 2 which is a the, the twitch account i think was twitch.tv slash joe battle for the crown so you can go check that out if you'd like um we'll, we'll probably i can try to find the clip for the description below if you're an audio listener oh, yeah, I, was, I was re-watching it so i can actually ping it here in a second while you're talking oh, great so with all of that in mind uh um, with stream snipers, there's two different ways that you can get stream sniped. One, people are trying to load into the lobby at the exact same time as you, so they load into your game, especially if they live geographically close to where your server pings to, right? That's the first way. The way to get around that is throw a big stream delay on, cover your screen so they can't see when you're clicking the load into lobby or search for game button. All the big streamers are doing this right now. The stream delay is some people are, some people aren't. For reference, Super Evan did not have a delay on. Tommy and Almond both had a fairly sizable delay on. There's a discrepancy there, by the way. Uh, you're muted, Katie. Not having, yeah, not having delay on is unexpected. Like you, ha are we sure they were no delay at all, or were just a minor delay? From what we could see, it might have been a very minor delay, but it didn't look like there was a delay at all for a Super Evan stream. But they were yeah, covering screens. You got to pump those delays well, up. I know it makes the engagement with your stream a miserable experience, but you gotta have a delay. Yeah, in the and I would say, too, like, if you look back on the tournament's life cycles in 2v2s, a lot of people haven't been using delays for a long time because they hate them. It's not a good, you know, viewer experience, blah, blah, blah. Oh. And, um, but, you know, to Super Evan's credit, like, they obviously got stream sniped. He didn't say one word about it because he didn't have a stream delay on. He can't do anything about it. You just got to have to play it out and say, sorry, it sucks for us, but we played it. So I respect the, uh, the gumption there and then came back and dropped a 60-point game. However, here's the big issue, right? The second way you get stream sniped is happens much more rampantly i die to super evan in game it says super evan then i'm like wait is that actually super evan i then load up his stream and i say oh super evan is playing right now oh wait that's my lobby i win my gulag i'm back in now i'm stream sniping right that one you can't do anything about until you have streamer mode plus and that's the big question mark, and that's the big conversation point is the people that have Streamer Mode Plus don't have to deal with that as often. Now, Biffle has Streamer Mode Plus, but Super Evan doesn't. So if there was some stream sniping in the second way, it would be coming through Super Evan. So there is a lot that goes into the whole convo. You can only do so much with, with stream snipers, but it totally ruins the competitive integrity of a pub slaying tournament. But, I mean, how much competitive integrity is there in a pub slaying tournament, right? right? <laughs> so so that's the overall conversation that we wanted to have is, like, it was total trash. It was total obligatory, especially towards uh, Super Evan and Biffle. Like, they were mm -hmm. no question getting stream sniped. Everybody's dealt with it in tournaments. It's not just a them thing, but it was happening. And then the maybe gray area was 
Did Almond get a free kill because they were uh, Tommy Almond stand? Not because they told them to. It's not their streamer, the streamer's fault. Yeah, to be but totally like, clear, we are not assigning any sort of it, blame or question marks to players themselves. It was the way everything played out. And and Goj, um, I put it actually in the chat we have with Joe in Discord. Um, sure. So maybe the wrong one. But that is the timestamped link. Uh, I, I know I can't put it in your chat because you mm -hmm. won't mod me until I turn your notice on on Twitter. Uh, but if you could copy paste that in for people, that is the start of map four of the winner's final where it is 2-1 in favor of Super Evan and Biffle. And that is where that team kills Super Evan and Biffle three separate times. And that's how you also know, because if you've played any amount of Warzone, it is very rare that one team repeatedly kills you. Maybe once or twice, but three times? Absolutely not. And not against players of the caliber of Super Evan and Biffle. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you can see at the very end of that from Super Evan's POV, that sort of wonky kill that Almond gets uh, toward the end. So uh, regardless, that, that map four was just bizarre. But I also think uh, it's a great that entire map is a great example of why 2v2 kill races can never be in an esports portion of Warzone. Yeah, right. if that's what people want it to be. If you want Warzone to trend toward being legitimized as an esport, kill races can never be a part of that. Yeah, it's got to be customs. Everything has to be customs, no question at all, in terms of general esports. You can have fun events, pub slaying events like these 2v2s. You're going to continue to call them events. It is not a quote unquote competitive format for like generalized esports, which is why you never see any pubs players in any sort of esport ever right so uh definitely something to think about but regardless uh, a fun conversation point a not fun thing to watch on stream but it did end up going in super evan and biffle's favor as they dropped like a 65 70 kill game right after that and just absolutely stomped daddy that last map it was insane um, it was outrageous like I, I, I know i just like cut you off twice i gotta i just i gotta say it is a one in a million when you see Tommy and Almond get fucking horked on. <laughs> like, let's be clear. Oftentimes we talk about the win condition because it's true against Tommy and Almond being their errors and capitalizing upon their errors. Because it's very rare that you get teams that can outslay them in 2v2s when the whole map plays out. Yeah. So Evan and Biffle it was dominant yep. in a lot yep. of the maps of that winner's final and especially that map five was outrageous and it, i'm not saying tommy and alma got like five kills and three kills no they were like high teens low 20s whatever it was but super evan and biffle like you know those super saiyan memes where people take those gifs and they like make them go super saiyan that was super evan and biffle and it was i sat there and i was like what are we watching and we chatted a little bit with super evan about it in the uh, interview after they won the whole tournament. But uh, it makes me want to ask you this question, Goj. Okay. You do Warzone earnings. You put blood, sweat, and tears for free into making this thing a reality. Is the top earners in Caldera a vastly different landscape if Super Evan and Biffle consistently played in tournaments? Great question. Um, fantastic question, because as you take a look at, let's just look at Caldera in particular, uh, you know, Almond has $107,000 earned, Tommy's got $89,000 earned, Noobs has $68,000 earned, right? Those are our top three, it's TBE. Um, I will say, Super Evan, 
12th currently aside from of course battle for the crown 2 that has not been added in there yet um with twenty six thousand dollars earned he earned seven thousand dollars from that tournament so he'll go all the way up to thirty three thousand four hundred which should put him right in front of unrational right behind Breadman. okay so the big point though on the site is it also tells you events placed all right so super evan just jumped up to inside the top 10 overall earned i'm going to use him as an example biffle is just about similar biffle is at 15. top 10 overall earned in warzone uh, on caldera uh with only 15 events that he's podiumed <laughs> since caldera has dropped that's Com outrageous comparatively third place noobs with sixty-eight thousand dollars earned has podiumed in 39 events since okay. caldera dropped so well over double so the point there right is that the super evident biffle don't play in that many tournaments but when they do they podium most often right not always but most oftentimes they do and so when you start looking at the numbers you start looking at how, how does that math check out if all things were equal, like Super Evan is averaging more money per event that he podiums than Noobs is by a fairly sizable margin. Uh, he's still under, surprisingly, I did the math on this, he's right at or just under basically the exact same as Almond in terms of events. So Almond has placed in 45 events and has $107,000 earned. You do the math with Super Evan on 33,015 events, it's about the same, which is actually right. kind of insane to think about. Um, that almonds that consistent but no i think it would shift it up like fairly dramatically i think super evan and biffle would take more first second and third places across the board if they were playing in these small events all the time um i mean certainly they're going to beat out most of the teams that are uh are around in 2v2s so, like there's some the the best if not the best in their top three duos to grace the game right now in terms of pub slaying um, and so you would see a lot of these other other players, whether it's Tommy Allman, Noobs, FIFA, Shukis, Scummin, Hosoka, Brad, Unrational, Z, Smith, Mayapo, who are all in front of him currently without that tournament added. You might see their numbers go down. He's gone up more. Biffle's gone up more. Some of the other players that are creeping into the top 30, they're dropping down more as well. I'm looking at Unveiled. I'm looking at like Stu, or not Stu, Unveiled, uh, uh, Skullface, even Wars, Sage, like these players that are running 2v2s fairly often, like they will probably not be winning as much they wouldn't be inside the top 30 it would certainly shake things up they just mm -hmm. don't play for anything less than like 25k <laughs> Fair, like reasonably too like if that's just you don't want to you've got a stream to manage you have school to go to if you're biffle like uh there's only so much you can do but uh okay i'm just gonna say this right now and stand by this almond is not at 100k in caldera if super evan and biffle played in even half the amount of tourneys that he plays in and i i don't care if you disagree with me they are one of maybe the only a handful maybe even two teams you throw in maybe like an aiden zisman i don't know that get outslay tommy and almond yep, yep. and those 2v2 kill races are really one of the big moments where they shine so I, I seriously think that top three even might not be tbe in their entirety that top five might look sort of mixed yeah don't think that omen's at 100k so if you're some of the best duos right now loki you're like yeah i go to school like to that point like when super Evan was running way more events like if you add in verdansk earnings he's top he's top six uh actually with his more most recent win he actually just jumped rated so he's top five overall earned with verdansk included which is when he was running a ton more events so to your point that's actually it, 
a great point that he's he's right there um to be clear for for overall earnings period tommy's at the very top with aiden right behind then almond then huskers then it will be super evan so um mm -hmm. fun to watch for sure fun to see who goes up and down uh the war zone earnings and, and a great question last thing i want to end on today katie is um there's some some inkling some ripples in the stratosphere that is the twitterverse that is the warzone verse there are things that are happening um mm -hmm. and uh we have sources very important very intelligent very very secretive very secretive sources that are telling us that mm -hmm. a certain warzone player that we can't mention is signing to a certain org can i say cdl org a, a big org, uh, maybe, I don't know if I can say CD, whatever. No, no. well, that's an org. A org <laughs> in general, a certain Warzone streamer that is well established in the community is being signed by a certain large organization sometime soon. Excited about that for multiple reasons. One, mm -hmm. we know that it's happening, which is really exciting. Two, this could be as people start getting signed this could be like oh this person got signed wait why are they getting signed oh wait warzone 2 do they have something coming is there some sort of like larger league coming maybe we need to sign other people that are not signed yet right i can't even say a name for that because then it would give away that it's not that person but mm -hmm. things to think about right and that's a lot of a lot of what ifs or whatever but someone's getting signed could open up a conversation for more people getting signed Keep your, yes. eyes, keep your eyes peeled that's what i'll say yeah next uh next couple weeks we are 100 percent confident that someone is getting signed to an org a hundred percent confident it's that me. it's coach it's coach uh but, but we know that for a fact that that is happening um and we're really excited to see as all of that comes to fruition we also do know uh that there is another org actively attempting to acquire another player in the war zone scene so one is a for sure one is actively chasing um we can't say more than that but uh, just know that that the people who are are yeses and the people being chased very exciting uh that that is happening so we'll have to wait and see we can't tell you anything more than that but there's your shitters judge just just juicy tidbit for you guys to <laughs> Oh no, that was a good one. That's a that's a good way to end the stream as well. I'm excited to uh, be able to talk a bit more about that later. Um, no, hey, Katie, this was a blast of an episode. We got through, I believe, all of our topics today, and we had an amazing interview and conversation with our good friend Joe Wu, where he just continues to be a gym and gas us up, which we always appreciate. We always we always love being gassed. What a gem, as you said. What a gem of a human and. And from Bot Lobby Podcast to Joe Wo, we hope you find your maiden. <laughs> that is a great way to end it. Folks, this is a, such a fun episode. I'm Grandmaster Goge. We're working like crazy. Katie and I are casting events. We've done the three Battle for the Crown tournament series. We did three days of PUBG Mobile. I've got more PUBG Mobile coming. I've got more oh. Warzone events coming that I just got word of like uh, like six hours or two hours ago. Katie, by the way, I'll, I'll send you a message. we got more stuff coming. We're going to continue to cast every title under the sun, so make sure you follow us on all the socials if you want to keep an eye on what we're doing uh grandmaster coach on all the twitters you can see katie's socials right down there she is katie bedford on youtube and twitch and worlds bedford on instagram and twitter katie give me your final words and then we'll send this one away 
Hey, I just, uh, since we've started this podcast, um, I, I knew we were going in the right direction. Uh, everything starts somewhere, but the YouTube is growing. The views are great for it starting out. Everyone who has subscribed, thank you. If you haven't subscribed and you want to help us, please subscribe to the YouTube. Leave comments, give likes for the algorithms. It makes all the all the difference. And thank you to everyone who's consistently in chat, really. It means the world to us uh, to know that you appreciate the conversations we are having. Uh, and just on Onward and upward, go to have to be here. Onward and upward, indeed. Alrighty, that'll be it for us. Twitter space, adios, audio listeners, adios. Have a great rest of your week. YouTube, you guys are amazing. And Twitch, of course, if you guys ever want to check us out live while we'll do this, we are streaming this live every Wednesday or Thursday, depending, at 2 p.m. Central Time, usually 3 p.m. Eastern. You do the math on the rest of the time zones. I don't really care. Twitch.tv slash Grandmaster Coach. All right, that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.